0: Hey there, Woodside family and friends. Welcome to another special edition of The Link. It's our opportunity to go kind of uh, behind the scenes, if you will, taking a deep dive into the Word of God, typically our sermon message series, and applying that to all that's happening in our culture, this kind of intersection between life and faith. Today is a very special edition because we are living in very interesting times. Uh, Many of us have been impacted by the national crises that's been produced by Uh, the reality of COVID-19, otherwise known as the coronavirus. Schools are shutting down, markets are unsettled. Uh, There's a lot of questions about how the church should live during this time. And I've brought along a couple of friends that you'll know to help us to process what it means to be faithful to the Lord, as well as what it means to love our neighbors during a a time of coronavirus. Uh, Joining me today is Pastor Steve Zerilli. As you guys know, he's a senior executive pastor of campusing for us here at Woodside Bible Church. Steve, it's great to have you. Yeah, good to be here. And Jeremy uh, wright is with us as well. He's no stranger to the link. He is the lead campus pastor at our Plymouth campus. Jeremy, great to have you. Great to be back always. Again,
1: Pastor Chris. Thank you.
0: I know like uh, you guys, uh, so many passages of scripture kind of uh, come to bear in a moment like this. We've been thinking about a lot of things, but there's two that i love for us to think about today. Uh, One has to do with how do we relate to government officials, civic authorities. Um, Steve, I think about Romans 13, right? And I'll just read the first verse, and we can kind of discuss it maybe a little bit from there. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, And those that exist have been instituted by God. Those are pretty strong words from the Apostle Paul. How do we balance honoring our governmental officials while still uh, being beholden to God in the scriptures?
2: Yeah, well, we certainly understand from that that God is still sovereign. that He is on his throne, that he is over every kingdom throughout all time, throughout history. And that's certainly the case today. And yet underneath of his sovereignty, he's allowed certain men and women to lead. And I think uh, our posture towards them is the love of neighbor. It is to extend grace. It is to be kind. It is to demonstrate those values of Christ as best we are able within that established. Uh, governmental authority so that the gospel can
0: best go forth. Yeah, I love that. You know, Jeremy, typically in a normal situation, I think most people approach government and church with the philosophy of let bygones be bygones. You stay in your lane, I stay in my lane, but there have been times throughout church history where government has stepped in and spoken into the church's ability to gather how the church must uh, worship, Uh, man, those present some really complex situations. So what do you look to in church history maybe that really helps you to think through how we should respond when government says, hey, you gotta limit how you worship?
1: Right. Yeah, there's, there's nothing new under the sun, correct? So right. these experiences that we're even going through today, they're not uh, uh, innovative new moments where we don't know what to do or, or we shouldn't uh, be able to look back on that. You know, we th- look at the 16th century and when the plague was just ravaging Europe and yeah. the churches were gathering, um, maybe in limited ways, but there were uh, opportunities for them to gather and to care for one another. And there was one third of the population uh, was dying at that time. And so that's just massive, um, massive issues of health in that. But even more recently in, in our American uh, context, uh, 1918, so right after World War One, there was a, a Spanish flu uh, virus that ravaged uh, Washington DC. Yeah. And uh, the government officials in that community, the healthcare officials said, uh, no gatherings of the church um, for for a limited amount of time. And uh, the pastors of that community were really concerned about religious liberty. And so they came together and said, well, what are we going to do with this? And they affirmed unanimously, we're going to abide by this injunction, and we're going to we're going to honor this. Some of them found some creative ways through, like meeting in the open places and parks and that sure. sort of thing to do that. Um, but there came a point where they they were wondering, is the thing going to be lifted? And uh, the um, the epidemic seemed to be slowing down, and and yet the government. Hadn't said yes. You can continue to meet now, and the pastors went back and appealed to the the, the governing authorities and said, "Okay, it's time for us to meet again. We need this. Um, we need to be together. It will help heal people uh, emotionally and spiritually, uh, as well as even physically. We need we need this social reality uh, together." And so I think there's a good back and forth yes. in that if we're thinking well about how we interact with our government officials and and certainly obey the text here of honoring our our yeah. uh, our governors uh, in that and yet seeking above and beyond to know that scripture is what leads us and so to believe and trust the lord in that and obey him
0: you know i love the ability that we have to look back on the text and to look to church history and i think it's really important uh woodside family and friends for you to know that ultimately that is our heart here at woodside is that we bow our knee to no other other authority than the authority of god and scripture now with that being said we try our best to cooperate Uh, with uh, our governing authorities. But I think of two statements that's really important to me. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. says, an unjust law is no law at all. So when we find that there is a law that causes us to have to compromise uh, conscience or our convictions of faith, Uh, We cannot abide. Uh, The second statement is ultimately our first priority is to submit to our heavenly authorities and then our human authorities. So we'll try our best uh, during this season to navigate all of it. But Steve, uh, the other verse that comes to mind has to do with gathering. So Hebrews chapter 10, uh, I'll start in verse 24. Now, this is really interesting because let's be honest, Steve, I think most of us have kind of one picture in our mind when we talk about gathering together to worship Jesus. And that is high time Sunday morning, right? right. Praise team on the stage. Uh, We're all able to gather together, auditorium-style seating, uh, hear someone expound on the Word of God. Definitely nothing wrong with that. But I'd love to hear you respond to how you see the possibilities here. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 24, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Man, beautiful words, but what does that mean for times like this?
2: Yeah, I think it's opportunity is what it means. I think, of course, there's so many things we have to consider, and so as we abide by government official statements and, and potential mandates that come through our communities and otherwise, when we think about the church, the church is never closed. There is no such thing as a closed church. The mm-hmm. church is always open. Absolutely. Uh, discipleship is always moving forward. Multiplication is always moving forward. The Great Commission is always moving forward. And so I think it just means that we reorient our methodology. And so with a Sunday morning gathering, if that's something that we are no longer able to do for a season, and I love the example that you brought up, Jeremy, because that was one, I pray that it's the same here. It was less than a month, so, and then they were back together. Uh, But I hope that in this case, as we consider some of these alternative methods, that it's really the family of God coming together in community and expressing the very things that we read about also in Acts chapter 2. That as we spur one another on towards love love and good deeds, as we do that with neighborly love, both towards those in the church and those around us, that we can do that through caring for one another, through praying for one another, through uh, being generous with one another, caring for one another's physical, emotional, spiritual needs. And so uh, I think it's opportunity uh, when we have those smaller settings and basically the church becomes decentralized. Realizing that the church, of course, we know the phrase, it's not a building, it's a people. And so when the church decentralizes into those communities, it gives us very uh, wonderful opportunities to connect together in
0: those smaller groups to carry out our mission and care for one another that way. You know, I come from an educational family. My dad was a school teacher, and uh, he used to always say, Jeremy, that a test is given for two reasons. First, a test affirms what you know but it also exposes what you don't know. And as I listen to Pastor Steve, I think about, yeah, this is gonna be a moment of great opportunity. We just heard from one of our leaders who said, he went to all of his neighbors and said, hey, if you need anything, I'm here for you. I'm thinking home run, right? But this is also going to expose some areas of weakness. Let's be honest. There are members and segments of the body that often feel left out. I'm thinking in particular about seniors, those families who have special needs children oftentimes uh, feel left out. Uh, Sometimes the single mom uh, feels like uh, who's there for her. Um, What do you think we need to know about uh how we can include everyone in the body
1: and in the fellowship yeah i love the word here in chapter 10 verse 24 consider how to stir up one another to love and good works and so that has that idea of like okay i've got to i've got to put my mind into thinking about other people and go okay let me care for them who who in my uh who in my neighborhood uh is in need do i need to go door to door i think that's Uh, brilliant idea, uh, to check in on my neighbors. Um, Perhaps within our our life groups at the church or um, uh, other areas, we say, like, here's the people I normally sit around on a Sunday morning, and perhaps I know them in some degree. I just need to give a phone call, check in on them. Um, And what good deeds do I need to do to care for them and to support them? Uh, Steve mentioned Acts 2 just a minute ago, where the church uh, had everything in common they were caring for, and whenever there was a need, they were taking care of it. And sometimes I think that we like to think of that in terms of when times are good. That's just how it's rolling. Yes. But this is time of crisis in many ways. And so this all the more should be our reality. What yeah. are the needs that are among us? And, and let's, let's make phone calls. Let's visit our, uh, one another in small ways. Let's care and let's dive in together.
0: You know, I know that most of us are used to the church kind of programmatically uh, leading the way from a staff level, but folks, this is what it means for the body to be the body. Uh, just consider this an opportunity to unleash your creativity. You have been officially deputized to uh, be the body of Christ, and so think of ways that you can be intentional, and don't underestimate the power of one. You know, one person who considers another person, Steve, you preached a couple weeks ago about that. Man, we we love to see uh, revival. We often talk about revival. And when we think about it, we think about the masses, right? Uh, But it really starts with one. Steve, I love to hear you kind of talk about how to avoid uh, fear uh, dominating your heart and mind. It's so yeah. easy to be overwhelmed by fear right now. Uh, fear seems to cling so close to us when uh, moments like this come. And I think of Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear. That's right. um, how do we avoid that? Yeah, I mean, fear is a natural response, right? It's part of who we are
2: as human beings that sometimes that temptation comes and Uh, Sometimes we don't know when or from where or how long, but when it does come, it's just settling our minds. And sometimes when we have a hard time doing it ourselves, that's the beauty of community. That's some of the beauty of getting together with brothers and sisters in some of these contexts, regardless of what's happening around us, reminding one another of the truth of God's word that he is indeed sovereign. He is indeed in control and so even when those times come where we don't feel that presence it's something that kind of comes and goes I mean, feelings uh, change so quickly. I mean, they've changed so quickly in the last week. It's just one day after the next, it's a whole new wave. And as we've been saying around here, everything's so fluid right now. Yes. And yet when we think about our unchanging God, there is no fluidity with him. That's right. And so when we look at his steadfastness, the fact is, James tells us, he does not change like like shifting shadows. He is consistent uh, yesterday, today, and forever. And just meditating, stopping, slowing down turning off maybe the media for a few minutes, mm-hmm. turning off your social that's media right. just for a few that's minutes, right. and just meditating and resting in the fact that God is allowing our breath. He's allowing our day. He has our days numbered from first to last. He's the beginning and the ending and everything in between. And just reflecting upon that together in community and personally, I think will at least give us a sense of calm, which ultimately that's what the world wants to see when we have the hope of an eternal, magnificent father who's gonna care for his children, then regardless of the season, we can be consistent and stable and that light to the people.
0: I love that, you know, I was listening to you, I was thinking about my doctor telling me, Chris, you got good cholesterol and you got bad cholesterol, right? And I think we know that that both exist. And I think about fear, there's good fear, there's bad fear, right? And uh, part of what we should be praying is that the bad fear not dominate, but that the good fear comes and the good fear is the fear of the Lord, right? That we should uh, have this awe of him that helps us to know he's in control. He's bigger than the coronavirus. He's bigger than um, everything that's happening in our world. Again, from stock markets to governmental leaders and officials, uh, may a deep awe come upon our hearts and our souls. And I think that if we're seeing our world through the lens of the fear of the Lord, we'll walk in wisdom, but we'll also walk confidently because we'll know that God is in control. But, Jeremy, I also kind of hear people who are watching us saying, man, you guys are just capitulating and giving in to cancel culture, and uh, and maybe in some ways people are struggling with, isn't this just compromise in the church for us to kind of go the way of everyone else?
1: Yeah, I think that that's where we have to be really wise. I mean, that was our passage this last Sunday in Ephesians of uh, uh, be wise in the world, consider the time and the days that you have. And so, yeah, we don't want to just run into whatever's happening yeah. in culture, but, but to think carefully and discern and say, okay, Lord, what would you have us do in this season? How would we best love you and love our neighbors well? And, um, you know, maybe we don't need to stop everything, but maybe we do need to think through how can we be more strategic? How can we make a bigger impact? Uh, Steve, you were telling me a story earlier today about uh, a friend of yours whose church uh, in uh, Europe burned down, down to the ground, the building did. And uh, as they were mobilized as a church community, when they were able to get back together for a corporate gathering, the church was actually grown yes. because of that. And so this is time for us to think through mission. It's time for us to go, uh, how can we advance the gospel well and strategically? And maybe it's in very small ways, but it's, it's something that we need to be wise about and say, let's yeah. go for it and not run uh, in panic and fear, but run towards the Lord in trust of him and uh, love our neighbors and community uh, in exceptional ways that the world maybe isn't even loving.
0: You know, Steve, I think about the fact that we can't deny we live in a polarized culture. We see it everywhere. And Don't forget, this is also a political year, an election year. And so when moments like this come, it seems like the polarization just explodes right in front of us. And there are people that have used the coronavirus to kind of divide. And uh, there are extreme responses over whether or not churches should be open or closed, over whether or not the response of government officials is overreaction or underreaction. What do you say to believers in particular about how to navigate in polarizing times.
2: Yeah, I mean, whenever there's a big issue, there's a fight. And so there's always different... Perspectives, different views. And so some people are going to be angry with us for our response. Yeah. Some people are going to say, amen, well done. Yeah. Uh, some people aren't going to care. Some people are going to say too extreme. They're, you're going to get every response imaginable. And so I think when we go through seasons of polarization, we need to always remind ourselves that Jesus lived in a day of extreme polarization. Yes, he did. And he navigated it so well as he submitted to the ways of the spirit in him and the ways of the spirit are clear according to scripture i mean we know from galatians chapter 5 that if we are living like him following in his footsteps we are filled with love and joy and peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control and so when we interact with others sarcastic anger um taking everything with with a joke and making it all seem so cavalier uh, and having a cavalier attitude towards others all of those approaches uh, unkind words, our responses to other, lacking grace, um, envy, whatever it might be, we have to put it off. Yeah. That's not part of the new self. That's not part of the new way. Uh, we have to put on the way of Christ, put yeah. on the way of the new creation, and put on his attitude through these times, because so oftentimes uh, we, we make these about political alignments or even racial alignments and instead again as we've said so many times even recently in our sermon series the the wall of hostility for the believer has been broken down we are one team one family one body under one father
0: yeah and let's be honest about how we get here right it is true that we are wired for worship we've been designed for discipleship. This is the way God has created humanity. And so the question really isn't, are you gonna worship? It's who you're gonna worship. The question isn't, are you gonna be disciple?" It's who's dis- discipling you, right? And when you're being discipled by 24-hour news networks, when you're being discipled by social media feeds, when you're being discipled by anything other than the word of God and its authority, you're gonna be pulled into the dogfights of this culture. Right. But yeah. when you're being discipled, by God's word, and every day your morning and evening meditation is in God's word, then it is shaping your thinking. You know, I think so often the Bible is looked at in a sentimental way, right? Like, yeah, I love the Bible. My family has always loved the Bible, and there's some two or three scriptures that are my favorite, but it's not meant to simply be sentimental. It is meant to really shape the way we live. So my caution to all believers is let's be different. Let's be a distinct voice. Let's not fall into one extreme or the other. Let's not be the snarky, uh, obnoxious person on social media. Let's speak in uh, terms of love with grace and truth. And if we can do that, then what we're going to do is draw men to Christ and actually be useful for the master. But you know what polarizing times also produce Jeremy, and that is prejudice, right? And we all know there's different types of prejudice. During the season of coronavirus, one of the prejudices has to do with uh, those who will test positive for it. uh, Those who may come from nations that have been hard hit by it. We, We have an international church family and I love it. But how do we avoid prejudice during this season?
1: Yeah, I think even Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Wow. We have to see uh, the other human being across from us, uh, particularly if they're a believer, but, but any human being as created in the image of God. Yes. And um, they are peoples with... Uh, um, value and dignity and worth and so the the way of christ is for us to love them in that to see them in that light as distinct image bearers that are worthy of honor and dignity uh, made by the lord god himself the other thing that i think we must note is that this is a sickness and we have to be filled, like Jesus was, with compassion wow. for people who are sick. Yeah. How, how hard-hearted are we to profile or to disparage someone, even from another country, or to mock and our joking someone who's sick, yeah. whose body is breaking down physically? Are we not moved with the compassion that Jesus had toward the sick, to love them, to draw near to them? I think this is so important for us, that, that we put away the old man, and we put on, we're renewed in our minds by the Spirit, and we put on the new way of Christ. And And I think if we are careful about that, and listening to the Word of God, as you've said, then we can move forward to love our neighbors and those um, who are affected by this in very, very deep ways.
0: Yeah, such good stuff. Thousands of points of light. That's what we get a chance to be uh, for Christ and for His kingdom. So, folks, I pray that uh, this season... Uh, though unexpected, will be one in which we grow, that we grow in our fruitfulness, that we grow in our connectedness, and ultimately, hopefully, that we grow in our number, that more will be added to the body of believers as men and women try to process their anxieties. And when your friend, your neighbor, your child, your family member comes to you and says, what do I do with my fears? What do I do with my anxieties? I hope that you'll point them to eternal truth and to the salvation that's found in in Christ. Um, gentlemen, as we kind of wrap up this edition of The Link, I also think about the fact that this is a serious time. There are some who are watching us that just found out that they got a positive uh, case of the coronavirus, and they're wondering, man, how do I survive that? I want to give you both opportunities to speak to uh, those who may be afraid. and Maybe they're wondering, I'm an hourly employee. Uh, now I can't go to work. How am I going to provide? Uh, Some, uh, again, single mom, uh, my kids can't go to school. How am I going to watch them and still do what I have to do for the family? Uh, first you, uh, Pastor Steve, what do you want to say?
2: Man, for those who are in Christ, You know in our body of believers in the church family uh, we have to take care of each other yeah we've got to take care of each other and for those around us who have those needs i mean we have a message of perfect love that can cast out fear yes Uh, that of a savior who lived his life in such a way that he was able to face every sense of oppression temptation and trial and still stay focused that we can follow and imitate his ways and sometimes we don't have the strength in and of ourselves, we need to lean on the Spirit, lean on prayer, lean on community. And if we can do that together, we can graciously serve people around us who don't know Jesus, who yeah. don't know Christ, and show them a different way, a different type of community. And maybe they wouldn't come to our churches, they wouldn't come into yeah. the building, but if they can see that level expressed within their neighborhoods, within their workplaces, uh, it might give us those wonderful opportunities. So, for those who are struggling, who are in fear, who might even have family members who have uh, become recipients of this horrible virus, um, we need to surround them with grace. Yes. With uh, pray for God's mercy, and trust that He is a good Father, that He will see us through.
1: That's good. Jeremy? Yeah. yeah. The thing that we uh, may bring full circle here is that we still have the king on the throne. Yes. That our Lord is sovereign and good, uh, that his character has not changed in any way. This, this uh, epidemic uh, doesn't surprise him. Yes. He's not in heaven going, well, what, what, what do I do now and yeah. responding to us? But he's, he knows he's in control and he's good. And uh, so for our hearts to trust him all the more in this, that, that he may even bring about from this, uh, what we would perceive as bad and evil, that he would bring about great good, uh, not just for his church, but for the, the world uh, as well through this. And so let's trust him. Let's not give in to fear and, and panic, but let's lean wholly on the Lord and know that he is sovereign and good and uh, he loves us. You know
0: i think about c.s lewis's famous book surprised by joy we know what it is to be surprised by uh viruses we know what it is to be surprised by storms but in this season i also believe that many who are facing challenges are going to be surprised by the joy and the goodness and the grace of god he's going to show himself mighty in many many ways you know when this coronavirus season started in china it kind of felt like a massive car wreck and that we were here in the US kind of gawkers watching it but then when it came to our own land it felt like a hurricane encroaching upon our our shores but what it reminds me of is that he's the lord of the storm And you know, storms will come and they will go, uh, but he is faithful and all of these are designed to build and deepen our faith. So trust in him. I want you to also stay connected here uh, at our Woodside social media platforms. Uh, We're going to keep you updated on ways that our church is going to uh, continue to lead you and guide you in the word. I'm grateful for our campus pastors. Each one of them stands ready uh, to lead in our various communities. We're also gonna make sure we keep you up to date on all that's happening in our communities that may benefit you and strengthen you. So stay connected across our social media platforms. Don't forget our website, woodsidebible.org. And don't forget that we love you and that we're praying for you. Thanks for joining us for this edition of The Link. Stay safe and God bless.